Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And as you know, for the entire month of May, we have been dedicating our programs to career planning. It's been so much fun, learned tons. Hopefully everybody has gotten lots of great tips and, and techniques and things, whether you're just getting out of college, whether you are you know in a career that you love, but thinking, hmm, maybe I need to keep my options open. Maybe you're transitioning into something totally new. Maybe it wasn't exactly your choice to be out there looking again for a job. But again, hopefully you have received lots of great information and lots of great contacts um, for people to be able to reach out to them. And today we're going to kind of tie it all together in in how to write a resume. because and, and that's just one of the things I'm going to talk about with my guest today. But we get caught up in how do we do this all on social media? You know, how do we just make connections? All those various things. And let's be honest, folks, it does come back to having that resume. You know, very, uh, almost always, we still at least need a good resume to get us in the door to, for them to put in their files, let's be honest. You know, for some reason, we still need that resume. And from what I have seen, and this is purely anecdotal, it's been one of those skills that has gone by the wayside. You know, people have really stopped thinking about a resume. And so it is with much delight today that I have my guest on because he is an expert on resumes and several other things that we will talk about. So please join me in welcoming Mike Metz to our program today. Welcome, Mike. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? Oh, doing absolutely fabulous. Boy, that was a long intro. <laughs> Um, and before we get going, because this really is going to be very informative, it, let me tell people a little bit about you. Okay, great. So Mike has been in technology sales for most of his career and has started two businesses. He is currently running his successful staffing firm from his home in Marietta, Georgia. Yay, a local guy. Love it when I do that. Um, he has written professional resumes and LinkedIn profiles for more than 15 years, and he is often asked to speak at various job networking meetings around Atlanta on how to leverage LinkedIn in a job search and creative job search strategies. He lives in Marietta with his wife, Christy, of 15 years and his three kids. So again, Mike, welcome to our program. Thank you, Deb. I really appreciate it. Thanks well, for having me. You know, you're an example of one of the things that we tell people you absolutely have to do, and that's networking. You and I met at a networking event, and then you went from there with developing our professional relationship. And, you know, so many people think, oh, another networking meeting I have to go to. You know, even though it might be fabulous speakers, obviously great connections, but to me, especially when you are looking for a job, Networking is one of the absolute most critical things. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely, and I I, I tell people all the time you, you you never know who someone knows, right? Okay. It's not it's not so much going to a networking meeting to meet your future boss mm -hmm. or meet a CIO or CEO that's going to hire you. It's about just leveraging that connection. Uh, making, you know, being able to see if you can help that person and then they can turn around and help you, right? right. 
Um, and I, I see it happen every day. Um, I, I'm very active in Atlanta networking groups and the people that I just never expect uh, to meet and never would normally come across in my normal day ends up either being a new client, a new contact, or I, I develop a great friendship. And, um, and it's, you, it, it's all about getting out from behind your computer and, and getting out and just uh, meeting people. Right. And you can also do that online, um, but turn it into more personal. You know, this isn't just about making Facebook friends or LinkedIn connections. If at all possible, you really do want to try to take it offline. So, you know, if it, maybe you're in indifferent places, there's Zoom, there's Skype, there's, you know, there's <clears throat> that little old thing called a telephone. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and so you can connect with people that way. Oh, Absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a big LinkedIn guy. I'm very active on Facebook. Uh, I'm, I'm just because of the nature of what I do as a recruiter, I'm always turning to people at a baseball game and going, Hey, Hey, what do you do? Uh, and striking up a, a conversation to get to know them. And they always end up asking me what I do. And, uh, it's just, it's not something that most people are always thinking about, but when, you're, when you're looking for a job, um, you always have to have your your radar up. Uh, you always have to look at everybody around you. Who do I know? Who do mm -hmm. I not know? And just go out of your comfort zone to try and meet them. I mean, right. it, it, you know, and and when the the more you do that kind of thing, you just start with one person. You build to five, grow to ten. It gets easier every time. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's critical for for a, a successful job search. Right. You know, and as you mentioned, it's. It's always about who they might know, and and I say that often. It's not, you know, it's not always who you know that's important. It's who your connections know, um, you know, and 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 it's interesting also to to really strategically think about your networking because maybe you are going to change careers, or you know, you're you're like I said, maybe you're a college graduate and getting ready to go out there. You need to network with the right places. You know, I've seen people who. Are you know saying? Well, I've I've been trying to, to get a new job, and I'm going to all this networking, but they're not going to the right places. So you know maybe they were a you know an, an IT person, for example, like right. you, and they continue networking just with IT people, but they want to get into a totally different field. So that's where they need to be networking, um, you know. And and but it is it's about going and doing as much as you possibly can. And my philosophy is, even if you absolutely, positively love the job you're in right now, you should always be on the lookout um, because you never know. You know, things change. Even if you're your own boss, you know, things happen. And all of a sudden, you need to be in the job market yesterday, and you don't want to start from scratch. You need to have that big network built up long before then. Oh, absolutely. And I think the three words that I – I tell, you know, either whether they're my clients or people that I'm counseling about a job search is, you know, three words over and over again. Keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, and, and I always tell people before you, you go out and start applying for jobs and spraying your resume around, you know, you have to let your net, your personal uh, and your professional network know that you're looking mm -hmm. because those are the people that care about you, that love you, that will go out of their way for you. But if they don't know that you're looking and that you're available for your next opportunity, they can't help you. Mm -hmm. right? right. So I, you know, I'm always, you know, when I'm talking to a, uh, a client, I'm like, well, are you married? Yes. Okay. 
you know, who, who, who does your wife know? Who are her girlfriends and what do their husbands do? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, if your kids are on, um, baseball teams and softball teams, do you know the parents and have you, do you know what they do? Right. Right. Because those are all people that, uh, are probably peers of yours, your age, probably at your level, um, and potentially could be a great introduction or potentially might hire you. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, and that's your in, uh, and, and typically when I say that, they're like, well, I didn't even think about that. I was sitting around a bunch of parents at my my son's game this weekend. It didn't even cross my mind to turn to the guy next to me and ask him what he does, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the the kind of creative thinking that I try to encourage folks to do is just think outside the box beyond the, the job postings on Monster.com, mm-hmm. right? And we're talking one or two sentences, folks. You know, you're sitting there watching baseball. You're in the, you know, the, the chat after church uh, coffee hour. It, it's not, oh, my gosh, I need a new job. Can I talk to you? <laughs> you know, it's, it's hi. You know, my, my, my name is Deb, and I do this. What do you do? You know, and, and so you just get that little snippet of information. And then if it leads to something later on, that's great. But don't bombard them. Absolutely. Um, you know, you, you said something that, that just kind of triggered. Uh, I was sitting here laughing about it. You said, you know, you spray that information out there. And typically what happens, especially when someone is looking for a job, is the spray and pray method. Absolutely. You know, the, I'm going to send my resume to every person in the world and hopefully it sticks. Or I'm going to apply for everything I might possibly, you know, be qualified for. And we've talked about that on some of the other programs this month is how to really be strategic about it. And I want to bring us back to what I was talking about at the start. And that's the the really strategic part starts with your resume. Sure. Um, You know, yes, we absolutely positively have to have an absolutely stellar LinkedIn profile. Um, You know, we have to have had a good presence on social media. You know, no posting about some of the things that a lot of people post about on Facebook, Instagram, all those various things. You know, dial those back, folks. But we still need that, you know, this thing, that paper resume. And, you know, you you said it in your your one of the statements you just made. Keep it simple. So talk to us about resumes. And because you see a lot of them, what are the mistakes that people make? I think the the. I guess if you were to step back from from a resume for a second, I think the the biggest thing that people uh, misunderstand is they they misuse it and actually how to use it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to have a resume and content. And and I see plenty of, 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 of bad, poorly written resumes. But then even if you have a really, really good resume, I think people are misusing in the sense that I always tell people they're they're putting too much pressure on their resume to do too much. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, I repeat this story a lot to people that I post jobs online all the time and I get 100 resumes and I may get one person out of 100 call me after they apply, but no one ever calls me before they apply. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. And and my my contact information's out there. My phone number's all over my profile. It's not hard for me to be found. But everybody thinks that if I, I'm supposed to apply and send my resume that, that I will call back, which I do. Um, but you don't want your resume to be in a a resume beauty contest. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I always encourage people to do is, is it's okay to call first and position yourself as the perfect candidate for this job. But you had a couple questions to ask before you gave your resume. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you a couple questions? Right. And the the only question that I, you really want to ask is, 
are you the person that's in charge or, or taking the lead on this job? Mm-hmm. And is this position still open? And you let the conversation go from there. But if you take it from that perspective, you have all the leverage as the job seeker and you don't give your resume to anybody until you f- feel it's the appropriate time and it's a, it's a job worth you pursuing. Mm-hmm. Right? And it totally changes the whole aspect of how you look at it. Well, and because you talk to them in advance, hopefully they are eagerly anticipating receiving your resume. Absolutely. It's, it becomes an it becomes an afterthought because you you win them over on the phone as wow this person is is fantastic they got the personality they know what they're talking about I really want to submit you to my candidate or to my client mm-hmm. and oh yeah by the way send me your resume because I need to, I need that right mm-hmm. um, it, it doesn't always happen that way but it increases your chances dramatically right and. Well, and, you know, during that conversation, you know, say I've called you and we're chatting, you might say, well, this position's not quite right, but hey, I've got another one that might be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you know, it it does get tricky when it's a job posting that you don't have the contact information, um, you know, and and all of those various things. But, you know, I I love the concept of if you can reach out to those folks first, Um, you know, if if you can if you can glean their information somehow, find it, Um, you know, even if it is just online, you know, if, if say they're a recruiter and you can find them on LinkedIn, you can message them, all those various things, because they want to best serve their clients which means getting the best candidates. So, you know, they should want to talk to potential candidates so that they're they're kind of weeding out the, the ones that aren't a good fit before it even starts. Exactly. Yep. Now, Mike, what about it, writing each resume for each position? It's, it's been a really long time since I've applied for a job. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, you know we, we kind of joked about the spray and pray where you just had one generic resume that had everything you'd ever done in your entire life condensed to two pages and, and, and you just sent it out there. Um, you know, should you, especially if you have talked to someone, should you tailor that resume or do you do that in your cover letter? Do people even care about cover letters? You know, how do you go about this? Great question. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of multiple resumes because I, you know, it just adds more work, right? Mm-hmm. Two resumes is double the work. Right. Um, and when you look at a resume, you know, majority, 75% of it is your experience all the way down to maybe your education. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, that is all in the past with mm-hmm. the exception of your current job. So there's really not, there's only so many different ways you can present that information. So what I, I usually say is, get that information as tight and as, as solid as you can. Mm-hmm. And then from your experience up to your contact information on the first page, that's the area where you can maybe tweak it a little bit by maybe adding a title to your resume and tweaking the title or putting a key skill section where you can pull and play different key skills. Okay. And so if you set it up that way, you can easily adapt the top of the resume to different audiences, depending on who you might be talking to or applying to, with just a couple minutes of, of your time tweaking it, and then you're not messing with multiple resumes or paying for multiple resumes to be written, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm not 
personally a big fan of cover letters. Speaking of cover letters, um, I know there's some situations where you see a job posting and it says, okay, you have to have a cover letter to apply. Mm -hmm. Well, in that case, I would probably follow their direction because you want to be considered. But for the most part, a cover letter is really just a hello, here's who I am, here's why you should be considering me. And what I would tell you for that is, okay, instead of writing it down and being another piece of paper, have that be something you tell somebody in a phone call prior ah, to giving them your resume, right? Great. So, it, again, the cover letters have a place, but I think, you know, people are too quick to, you know, as a recruiter, I get cover letters, resumes, references, all the, you know, all the, it's just too much information. Mm -hmm. You want to keep less is more, right? Right. And uh, if you tell me everything up front, then there's no reason for me to want to talk to you because I can make a decision based on everything you sent me, mm -hmm. right? Right. Well, and, you know, it, it also, as we were saying, you know, if you have discussed this with them, if you've really, you know, as, as I've talked about in some of the other programs this month, if you have really honed in on the positions that you want, then your resume will fit all of those positions, you know, exactly. and so, you know, you're not going for marketing and sales and, oh, by the way, I can also wait tables type of, of resume. You know, you can do, you, you've got it down so specific that, like you said, you tweak it just a tiny little bit and then you're good to go. And then you get in front of it, right? I mean, mm -hmm. especially, especially for those people that have been in sales their whole career and their whole resume is sales, but they want to get up, go into marketing it's hard to do that when you don't have a lot of marketing mm -hmm. on your resume. That makes it even more critical that someone has a conversation first because you want to position yourself as here's why you should consider me for this. Right. 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 Yeah, because if they were just to see your resume, they would go, well, wait a minute. This doesn't match. Why did you apply for this position? Exactly. Off it goes. You know, and, and then there's just some basics. And, you know, and like I said, it's been a long time since I've completed a resume. But, you know, I, I have looked at resumes and – you know, the people who get cute with them, you know, they, they do pretty font, um, you know, all these various things. That's another one, folks. Keep it simple, you know, especially if you're applying to a large company because they use scanners. And if you've done a pretty font, you know, a big font, I really like the people who do like a 14 point font because they don't have a lot of experience. Well, <laughs> I look at that and, and I immediately know, hey, they don't have a lot of experience or boy, they've got pretty wide margins, <laughs> you know, right. things like that. You know, just your resume gets you in the door, you know, and so don't make it pretty and, and funny. And, you know, I've, I've got a story about that from one of the, the times when I actually was doing resumes. Um, I was applying, you know, just kind of whim, spur of the moment type of things. A friend told me about um, a, an organization back in Colorado, a public relations firm that was needing someone to coordinate their social media. And so she pointed me in the direction of their job listing and the job listing was really funny. You know, it said, you know, we need someone who can leap tall buildings with a single bound. And, and it had, you know, all of these superhero type of, of references in it. So when I did my resume, I did it with that in mind. And I actually said in there, you know, I can be your Wonder Woman, yada, yada, yada. And then heard nothing. <laughs> and you know, and and I mean, and it was it was total crickets time. And so I called my friend back and I said, "Now I thought they that you had told me that they were expecting this that you know this was you know all yeah you know all those various things because I had a great intro. I mean, you know, she had had told them I was going to apply and 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 then nothing. Well, the person hiring was not the person who was going to to who had prepared the job listing. 
So that hiring person thought I was absolutely nuts. Why is this person putting Wonder Woman in there? You know, and, and all these various things. And she did. She thought I was completely bonkers. You know, and, and so I, that's kind of, you know, I, I share that because that is one of those things. You never know who is going to review it. So keep it standard. You know, you can, you know, that, that initial phone conversation, that's where you can say, hey, I can be your Wonder Woman, your Superman, you know, whatever it is. But your resume needs to be a standard resume that everybody recognizes. Yeah, and you know, it, it's not so much about being super creative. It's it's about just the, the simple things like making sure your bullets are all lined up on your resume, right? And making sure that if you add content, that the new content matches the font right. that you had or ha had already on there, right? Mm -hmm. And because if you if you're trying to position yourself as someone that's very detail oriented at the top of your resume, and you've got typos. But then your bullets your bullets don't line up or your page doesn't break evenly. You know, it just kind of puts a bad, it's it's kind of a, a really rough first impression. Mm -hmm. And um, that's probably when I when I help people with resumes formatting. And it's just, it's not a skill that it, it took me a long time to, to learn it. Um, it's not something that people just kind of wake up and know how to do. Mm -hmm. um, so, it, but it's important that you get it right because, no, you know, you could have the best experience on your resume, but if the formatting is all jacked up, people aren't going to be able to see past it, mm -hmm. right? Well, because it is an indication of what your work would be like. For sure. You know, and, and I've, when I was hiring people, that was one of the first things. Now, I am one of those grammar Nazi type of people. <laughs> but when I would look at it, if there was, you know, if there was one typo, maybe I could get past it. But if there were, as you said, formatting problems, typos, grammatical errors, I didn't even read it. I mean, it automatically went in the trash can. Right. And the problem with trying to personalize each one, you know, we mentioned that at the start, is that is where you make those errors. Um, you know, we, I would get resumes, or usually it was more in the cover letter, where they, you know, they had said, hey, I would be, a, you know, I would love to work with you at company XYZ. And it still had the, the company from the time before when they used that cover letter. You know, they yep. didn't find and, and replace all of those references or, you know, all of those things. And so the more you start picking at it that's where you do end up making mistakes yeah and I, I, an easy an easy little thing that you can do is to print your resume out every page mm -hmm. and tape it up on the wall page by page right next to each other and then stand back from it and look at it mm -hmm. right and does it look good from a distance and as you t step forward is there anything that seems out of whack right, right. I mean, there's a there's a lot of resumes I get that have a third blank page mm -hmm. or a third page that has one line on it, <laughs> and it just those. wasn't it wasn't formatted correctly. Mm -hmm. and that that's a that's a small detail that can make uh, you know can can make a first impression, right? Mm -hmm. So, just have have some. It doesn't have to be a professional resume writer, but just have someone re read it that's not you, and uh, and then and then don't worry about it, mm -hmm. right? You know, and there are just some other basics that people forget. Um, you know, anymore you really don't need your address, you know, and because there's just a variety of reasons why you don't want to do that. If they ask for it later, obviously you give it, but you have to have contact information. You know, you must have email and, and a phone number on there. Um, you know, and, and folks, you know, seriously, and, and we're talking, I'm talking here to my college, you know, my recent college grads who might be listening to this. Your email address has got to be professional. You know, yes, it's not correct. hot mama at, sweet chick yes. at, you know, all these various things. And same with your phone number. Um, you know, the 
I've, I shared have shared this several times on the program. I used to teach uh, at, uh, business courses at Metro State uh, University in uh, Denver, and all of my students were, for the most part, uh, young men, um, you know, 20s, 30s, somewhere around there. And when we would get to the, the career section, I would say, okay, now if I call your phone right now because you've put it on your resume, is your voicemail going to say, dude, I can't come to the phone? And they all raise their hands. I'm like, oh. I said, okay, I'm not asking you to change that. Get a free Google voice number. And let's, let's say that again, folks. Free Google voice number. Yep. And, and that's the one where you say, hello, this is Deborah Creer. I'm sorry, I'm unable to take your call right now, but please leave me a message. So that's the one that you give out to people. And then you give out your professional email address. I mean, you still might want, you know, you're maybe, you know, I, I work with a lot of athletes, so they have, they might have, you know, their, their jersey number in there. No, take that out. Have the one that is your professional one that you're putting on things. And, and th really, that's all the contact information you need. Yeah, that's it. And uh, I think the, the voicemail message is great because I, I tell people all the time, you got to have a greeting. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's a, important to add a nice professional signature at the bottom of your email with maybe a link to your LinkedIn profile mm -hmm. so that people can find your number if they want to pick up the phone and call you. Just little details like that so that every touch that someone receives from you or goes out from you is professional and is um is tells that one story right you know and don't make people look for it you know i've i've seen resumes where they put their contact information at the very end well right. what if you know you mentioned a formatting problem what if that printed on a page by itself and they didn't notice and they're thinking sure. well gee mike could be a great candidate but i don't know how to reach him <laughs> um you know and in your linkedin profile have it front and center have it in your summary you know there are places in your profile for that information but don't, you know, it, it, it's back to what we said. Keep it simple. If somebody wants to contact you right now, then they need to be able to find their phone number or your email address right now. You know, if it, because, you know, hello, we, we all have the attention span of a gnat. If I have to go through your LinkedIn profile and go, oh, well, yeah, oh, hey, look, here's an article that's cool that I want to look at. And then all of a sudden I lost my train of thought and I didn't remember that I was looking for your email address. So put it at the top, folks. Don't hide that information. Exactly. And, then, you know, as far as one more thing to mention on the resume, as far as what, you know, do's and don'ts, there's there's no reason to reference references at all. Right. Right. You don't need to say references available upon request. You don't need to offer references. References. Um, it's good to have them on a separate sheet of paper that um, that you have. But an employer is not going to request them or need them until probably right before they make an offer to you. Mm -hmm. um, and they know they can ask for them when they want them. Right. right. So and it takes up space. Exactly. Right. So that just one thing to mention on the reference thing, because I see that a lot. Mm -hmm. So speaking of space. What about people who don't have a lot of, of stuff to put on their resume? Um, you know, recent college graduate or someone going back into the job market, you know, all those various things. How do you work with them to get a resume and, you know, a LinkedIn profile, all those other things, but the, the resume is, is the core to everything. I tell people you have your resume and then you build your LinkedIn profile from it. So how, you know, what are tips for people who don't have a great deal of experience to put on their resume? Great question. So um, 
I talk to a lot of people that uh, that are very intimidated that maybe don't have a resume, but they've had a lot of different short jobs or don't 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 feel like they have a lot of experience. And what I what I'll tell people is you just you got to start with what you've done. Don't worry about how long you've been there. You just got to get it down on paper and see what you have. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of decide what to trim, what to add, what to not include. But if you're if you're a young person, uh, for example, a new college grad, um, you're probably not going to have a tremendous amount of experience. I, I remember being very insecure when I graduated college and not feeling like I had a lot to offer. Um, but what I would tell any anybody that's trying to start their career, the one thing that um, I wish someone would have reminded me, and I probably was told, but I don't remember, is that companies uh, don't necessarily expect a young person right out of college or even right out of high school to have a lot of experience. Right. All they're looking for is someone that is mature, trainable, uh, has the personality to fit their culture, mm -hmm. and someone that they can trust and that they will, if they invest in them, that they'll get the return on their investment, right? right. And um, the resume may be a little bit light on experience, but everybody has been there before. I don't care if they're a CEO or who they are. They've all started where you are. Mm -hmm. And um, you just got to focus on your other tangible or, you know, uh, skills that maybe you can't have on your resume, like your your personality and how your dependability and how mature you are. And you just got to kind of craft some of those skills um, and don't worry if, if your resume is only a page. That's mm -hmm. that's just kind of where you are in your career. It's not always going to be a page. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Well, and that comes back to what you were saying at the start with make that phone call first. So then they know, oh, okay, well, this is a recent college graduate or, you know, and, and, and they've gotten that personality. Um, you know, I was reading a Dear Abby, Dear, you know, whatever it was the, the other day, and, and it was the funniest column. It was a mother writing into Dear Abby who had been uh, calling, uh, or let's see, her son was in college and looking for a, a summer job. And she was making the phone calls for him to local businesses yeah. and wasn't having much luck. Mm -hmm. So what should she do? And Dear Abby or you know, whoever it was responded and said, well, probably they're looking for someone who has enough initiative to make the calls himself. Exactly. <laughs> you know? yep. And, you know, and we, we laugh about that. You know, but it is that, you know, especially if you haven't done that. Now, you might, you know, I mentioned that, you know, my friend made that call for me to say, hey, this person's resume is coming. That's different than than actually just saying, hey, you know, here's this person. So you want to, you know, how you're leveraging the people you are connected with is, is you know, it's, it's a skill unto itself. But, you know, you need to be in charge of it. You know, your mom, your wife, your spouse, your, your best friend, whoever – shouldn't be making all those phone calls for you, um, you know, and, and saying, hey, you know, I really think you should hire Mike. And oh, absolutely. You, you need to yeah. be taking the initiative because, again, that comes back to that's the type of employee you're going to be. For sure. You know, I, I, I counsel a lot of young people that are trying to get minimum wage jobs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I ask them about their job search. How's it going? What's, you know, I'm applying to all these places. No one's calling me back, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, here's what you need to do, right? You need to stop applying for these jobs. Mm -hmm. You need to know that all these places that you're applying to, they're always hiring because right. there's a lot of turnover, mm -hmm. right? And you need to go into that 
particular place, say a Chick-fil-A, if you want to get a job there mm-hmm. during during non-busy hours, put on a business casual and button down and go in there and, and put your hand out and meet the owner of that particular Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. and introduce yourself and say, he, uh, my name is Mike Metz. I would love to come work for you before I applied. I just wanted to reach out and introduce myself to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I guarantee you, your peers are not doing that. Right. And I would be shocked if you did not get an interview by doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, just something as simple as doing a little bit different than maybe what everybody else is doing, which is applying for the job, mm-hmm. uh, especially as a young person, will set yourself apart all day long. Mm-hmm. Well, and you mentioned, you know, dressing the the part. You know, this isn't, hey, I was in here having lunch and just thought I'd say hi type of thing. Exactly. <laughs> now, you, you you know, you might have had lunch, you know, or, or you know, you're going to later or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. But you're in there for that initial first impression, you know. So you don't want a little smudge of ketchup on your face or, you know, you don't want to be in jeans. And, and even if it's a very casual place, you still need to be clean. You need to, you know, I tell people dress a step above the way they are, you know, it, it would look funny if you went into Chick-fil-A in a suit, but For if sure. you also went in, in shorts, that's, that's going to you know have the, the same type of reaction. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And something as simple too, is, you know, you can get business cards, almost for free online, mm-hmm. um, you know, even as a young person, you can order some some professional business cards with your name and your phone number on it. Mm-hmm. And as you as you leave a conversation, hey, I just want to give you my contact information. If, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, my LinkedIn profile link is on here. I mean, that, I mean, just be, that just doesn't happen. Um, and I, it, it will always set you apart. Right. right? You know, and, and put on there. You know, my goal is to be or to, you know, whatever it is so that they remember, oh, hey, you know, Mike wants to be a manager or whatever it is. For sure. And and the cool thing is you can have those cards with you. And, you know, we mentioned it at the very start. You never know where that networking opportunity is going to be. You know, maybe it's in line at the grocery store. Maybe it's at church. Maybe it is at the baseball game. You know, then you can, you know, because people are, they're they're busy, so they don't want to stop and get out their phone and take down your contact information, and then they look at it later and go, I don't know who this is. You know, if you've got that business card that you can hand to them real quick, it is going to make a much better impression. All day long. Yep. Yes. So, you know, what are some more resume tips that people, you know, even those, you know, seasoned folks, uh, you know, what are some things that you see that, you know, maybe that you're looking for that people don't put in there? Um, I I think, um, you know, for example, if you're if you're a technical person, for example, and and you're an engineer and you're trying to position yourself as a technical person, um, I see a lot of resumes with all their technical uh, specifics and all the technical stuff they're great at at the bottom of their resume as their technical expertise, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to position yourself as a technical person, you want to lead with what your strengths are, mm-hmm. right? So you want to make sure things are in the right order. Um, if you graduated from college um, 20 years ago, I'm sure everybody's proud of where they went to school and what they majored in, but it doesn't need to be at the top of your resume because your experience, we would assume, would be trumping your education. Right. So your education typically is going to live at the bottom of your resume, mm-hmm. right? So a, a lot of the resumes I see, um, you know, things are, are kind of not in the right order. And that also goes with um, accomplishments, which is 
you know, I think the biggest thing that I see on resumes is when people try and write their own resume, they sit down and they try and think about, okay, what are my duties and my responsibilities? And they start writing duties and responsibilities down and then they go, okay, I'm done. But then at the end of the day, all they have is a job description right. instead of what, what I did great. Right. Mm -hmm. And so any kind of numbers, any kind of specifics, you know, you exceeded quota, you saved $100,000, you brought in 50 new clients, whatever you can do that we can, you can hang your hat on and say, I did that is going to make you look good. And if, and, and if you have that on your resume, don't make it as the last thing that you mention. You want to lead with those things because if I only read the top five bullets and the bottom five are all your accomplishments, you know what? I just missed all the best stuff, mm -hmm. right? Right. Well, and I think the statistics are saying somewhere along the lines of an HR person, a recruiter, spends 10 seconds on your resume, you know, and, and so they really are glancing at it very quickly. So if you don't put that key information right at the very start, they're not going to see it. For sure. And, and I, I, you mentioned something earlier, Deb, about if I can mention about ATS or um, the, the applicant tracking systems right. and mm -hmm. the things um, it, I, I hear. I talk to so many people that are so consumed and obsessed with like, I got to get these keywords so my resume gets scanned correctly. Mm -hmm. And what I always tell people is, you know what? Forget the, forget the scanners because we have no way to, to measure that. We have no way to know what what specific company uses what scanner. Mm -hmm. All you can do is get as many keywords that describe what you do and did on your resume and then don't worry about it, mm -hmm. right? Everything else, all that other stuff is out of your control, especially if you get in front of your resume. But don't worry about scanners. As long as you're focused on just making your two-page resume as strong as it can be, you know what? It'll, it'll be scanned just fine. Right. Well, and when we start worrying and focusing on those key words, it, then it, it, it doesn't read well. You For know, sure. If, you know, say you, you're looking at a job description that says this person must have these 10 skills. And so you put those all in one sentence, you know, that that's not going to make sense either. And nobody is a perfect fit. You know, the second you start trying to squash all of those things in there, it, it just doesn't look good. And it, and it really does look like, okay, this person is just trying to catch my attention and they probably don't have all those skills. Correct. Absolutely. You know, I, I mentioned the fact that I, you know, to me, your resume is what you build your LinkedIn profile from. And, you know, it's, but you, I want to say that again, you build it from that, you know, so the, the cool thing, obviously about LinkedIn, and we talk about this a lot, whether it's, you know, this past month or just, you know, in, in general on the program is that when you have LinkedIn, you take what you've put on your resume and then you expand it. Um, you know, that's where you can really go into detail. You know, you mentioned, you know, hired 50 new employees or, you know, managed a budget of you can only put one line about that probably on your resume because you don't have a lot of room. But on LinkedIn, you can really expand that information. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, again, you only have so much realistic real estate on a resume, right? Mm -hmm. Or it'd be too long. So, you know, when you have community service and volunteer work, um, unless you're going for a nonprofit type job, you know, a lot of that stuff can can obviously be put on the profile mm -hmm. uh, if you need to minimize that for your resume. Right. right. Um, so, 
you know, when I when I do a client's resume and profile, like you said, the resume comes first and then mm -hmm. I usually take the content from the resume and put it on the profile. But then you have the profile summary where you can expand. You have the opportunity on your profile to put different media and videos and more content that you can really realistically put on a resume. Um, yeah. So that's that's the that's the value of the profiles being able to expand on it, because because I tell people every day. More people are going to see your profile by far than your resume, so it's just as critical to have it on point, right? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and there are some absolute – to me, there are three critical things on LinkedIn. One is your picture. I mean, you know, it absolutely has to be there. Then your professional title, and I love yours, you know, and, and this is where this really catches someone's attention. So, you know, to me, you really have to have this. And so your professional title says recruiter, professional resume writer, job search coach open networker and then you have your email address right there it catches somebody's attention and i know oh my gosh mike is a recruiter i've been looking for a recruiter you know if you said you know because the default is your job title so if it just said in there founder of mets consulting i'd go i don't even know what that does um so have that and then your summary and i love your summary it you know obviously you do this as as a job but um you do it, you, your summary is written like you were talking to someone. And I see so many people either skip the summary section of LinkedIn or do two sentences, you know, or, or my favorites, or those who write it third person because they had someone else write it for them. And so yours starts out with, allow me to share a bit about myself. And I read that and I went, oh, okay. I mean, that right there just sucked me into wanting to read it. Um, you know, and, and so folks, those are the, the key pieces. Um, you know, and, and that's where sometimes it really does help to work with someone like Mike who, who does this as a profession to write your LinkedIn summary, to write your resume, because sometimes it's really hard to write about yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's, when, when, you're, when you're writing about yourself, it's, it's the same things that you've been thinking about for your whole life, right? Mm -hmm. And when when I'm when I'm reviewing going through a resume with somebody to try and get all the details I need from them, you know, I'm asking them questions and they're providing me all this additional information. I'm thinking to myself, OK, none of that's on your resume, but it's really good stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just because I think people inherently uh, and this is the way most people are raised. You're raised not to brag about yourself. You're right. raised to you're raised to be humble, mm -hmm. you know, and then when you come to do your resume, you know, okay, I'm going to be humble. I'm not going to talk about how great I am and all that. But then if you're humble on your resume, guess what? Your competition is going to crush you, right? right. And so it's, I, I always tell folks, it's, it's very appropriate. It's a, maybe a little bit uncomfortable to brag about yourself. It's also very important to be honest, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, if you weren't the number one salesperson, don't don't tell me that you are. Mm -hmm. um, now, will an employer or a potential employer call your past company and verify that? No, they probably won't. But uh, you want to be able to sleep well at night. Mm -hmm. And um, it's very important to put a honest um, uh, story out there. And if you can't remember, just ed, you know, give an educated guess. As long as you can speak intelligently in an interview about it, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good with it, right. right? Well, and you know, I always figure a lot of those things I could learn how to do it. You know, and and so you know, say it might say you need to be proficient in Excel. Eh, am I? Eh, no, but I can learn how to do it. So I might not <laughs> say that I'm proficient, but I could say familiar with. Or, Correct. you know, something along those lines. Um, but, yeah, you, you don't want to overinflate yourself because 
it, whether they check or not, you will be found out. Um, you know, and, and, and you don't want to be partway through, you know, a job or been there for years. I mean, we've seen that happen where somebody's been employed even for years and they discover, wait a minute, they didn't go to that college that they said they did. Then everything they have done is called into question. Absolutely. You know, and it is hard, um, you know, when, when you're competing with hundreds sometimes of, of other applicants, but it comes back to what we were saying at the start, build those relationships and, and make those connections first so that you've got kind of the leg up on your competition. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the tricks that I tell folks to do, um, you know, that, you know, if you're looking for a you're looking to be a project manager at Home Depot, for example, mm -hmm. um, go find the person or people that do that job at, at that company mm -hmm. and, and connect with them. Right. And, uh, and, and strike up a conversation, you know, ask them, ask them how they like working there. Ask them, Hey, is your, is your group, uh, is your group growing? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just kind of probe a little bit. You're not asking to take your resume to their boss. You're not asking for coffee. You're just kind of, you're just kind of, um, poking around, trying to find a little nugget of information from different people. And after you're able to connect and and kind of you, you, before you know it, you're going to have this org chart of different people within an organization, mm -hmm. and you're going to hopefully have some insight from everybody to decide whether or not this is the company you want to pursue. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. It's as simple as just going, you know, finding the person that has your the job you want and just connecting to them. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Right. You know, and and you can really use LinkedIn for that. And I tell people, you know. Find the current people, but also find people who left, For you know, sure, and, yeah. and connect with them. Now, you do have to filter what they're saying because they might have left under, you know, not so good circumstances, all those various things. So, you know, you do have to filter it, especially if they're saying something negative. You know, if, if they left there and they're still saying glowing things about the organization, well, then that's that's a really good thing. Um, but, is. you know, connect with those people. Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's interesting. I think so many people, it, you know, I, I tell them when you're looking for a job, it is a job. You know, think of it as that. So, you know, what do you, you know, how do you work with people, Mike, when they are currently employed? And, you know, for whatever reason, they're looking for another position. Um, you know, they, they're just not happy there. They want to, you know, I mean, people are always doing that. How do you look for another job? when you are currently employed because it does take a lot of time it takes reaching out i mean you know the it can be a delicate dance how you know what do you tell people in that situation great question yeah I mean, that, that comes up a lot um and what uh, if my boss finds out yeah so I tell people that, you know, you know your situation and your leadership at your company better than me. Um, so if they're if they're the type of organization that, you know, if you make any changes to your profile, it's going to raise a red flag or whatever. OK, you just need to be careful. That's 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 a um, something you would know better than me. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you're working full time, but you're also looking for a job. Um, you just have to manage your time really well. And that, that's the beauty of LinkedIn is that you could be sitting uh, on your bed with the, with your laptop on your lap at 1030 at night and sending little invitations or little notes to people on LinkedIn within your target companies and people see them the next day. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and and, you know, before the Internet, before LinkedIn, you know, you had to go look in a Sunday paper or make calls during business hours. And, you know, you're just kind of you're, you're going dark, you know, now. Pretty much everybody is accessible. I think the key with all that is, 
I think people tend to swing and miss and overplay their hand Mm -hmm. and either uh, provide too much, ask for too much or something along those lines. And I'm always uh, I'm always saying it's all about the approach. Right. Mm -hmm. And and knowing what your end goal is. If I connect to this person, what am I going to ask? Um, and keep your expectations low. You're not trying, you're not going to be, you know, trying to hit a home run where you're going to get an interview from this person, but they might provide you a little insight that will get you to where you're going. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, and, and you mentioned updating your LinkedIn profile and somebody goes, oh my gosh, you know, why did they do this? Well, if you have been active on LinkedIn all along, you know, so posting articles, posting comments, um, updating things, you know, say you completed a new project at work and you just add that to your profile. If you've been doing that all along and being active, then it's not going to raise the red flag of, oh my gosh, they just spent, you know, obviously several hours updating their profile. Of course. Yeah. And there's, you know, not meaning to get too deep in the weeds, but there's there's settings that you can turn off on your profile so that it won't broadcast any changes to your network, which is important to have turned off if you're doing that. Um, you just you just want to be careful. But I always also remind people that, you know, your boss and your boss's boss and your CEO, they all have profiles. And I can probably guess they're all busy in their own work and, and life. They're probably not going to be looking at any one profile to notice any changes but you still just want to be careful. Right. right? Yeah. And speaking of profiles, I don't know why I just thought of this. Um, you need to, you know, we, we mentioned being cute and things. Job titles are also very tricky because some companies have their own specific job titles. Um, you know, I, I worked for, um, I worked with a, a senior living provider and they had director of excitement. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. That's a fabulous title. But nobody outside of that organization knows what that means. So, you know, you, you have to use the, a job title that people know what it is. So you could say director of excitement slash events coordinator or activities coordinator or, you know, whatever it would be so that people see that and, and understand what that is. Um, you know, if all these various things, you just have to keep in mind, you know, they might not understand. Same things with acronyms, um, you know, industry specific terminology, all those things. Just remember that somebody else looking at your profile might not know what that is. So provide a brief little description. Oh, yeah. And, and it goes the other way, too, as well. Like, if, you, if you're a vice president of a small five-person company, uh, but then you're going to be a manager at a big company, mm-hmm. they may look at vice president and go, okay, this person is overqualified, costs too much money, right? right. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that not that you're trying to mislead anybody about what your role is, but a mm-hmm. vice president at a five-person company is could be very different than vice president at AT&T, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you want to, you want to just, you know, to your point, if it needs a little clarification or a little bit of, of tweaking, it's probably a good idea. Right. You know, and, and same thing goes on your, your resume, you know, the, these job titles, they have to make sense to someone else. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking again through your profile and, and one of the things that always seems to trip up entrepreneurs and small business owners is we put, and, and I'm saying we because, uh, yes, I have done this and it, uh-huh. I'm sure that it's on there right now, owner, president, founder, you know, whatever. I'm sorry, we don't care. You know, and, and so on yours, I mean, you are the founder of Mets Consulting. You're the owner, you know, but that's not your job title. Your job title that you have listed is senior recruiter, professional resume writer, job search coach you know 
right there, I know exactly what you did as opposed to founder, owner, president. Um, you know, and, and so again, folks, make it simple. Don't let people have to think, you know, have to track things down because a recruiter, an HR person, you know, whoever it is, they're extremely busy people. And in many ways, they're overwhelmed, you know, and, and so the easier you can make it for them, the more likely it is that you will catch their attention. Absolutely. 100% agree. Now, you know, Mike, we've only got um, about seven minutes left or so here. I want to talk about the, the, the other thing that you do, and that is that you are a staffing service. Um, so how does someone work with an, an organization like yours to find uh, positions? Hey, great question. So um, I think, I guess a misconception that people have, and I can only speak for myself if other recruiters are hearing this, but, you know, people hear that I'm a recruiter and they think, okay, uh, I want to reach out to Mike because he can find me a job, right? Mm -hmm. And in my particular case, since I'm kind of a one-man shop, um, I don't really have the bandwidth or the resources to to uh, uh, team up with any one person to be their dedicated recruiter because I would always overpromise and underdeliver, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what I always tell folks from a recruiter perspective is it's very smart to have recruiters in your toolbox as resources. It's good to have a couple recruiters, mm -hmm. um, but just keep them or treat them as kind of icing on the cake. Um, if they call you with an opportunity um, as such, you know, you'll be surprised. Obviously, there are some recruiters that that are dedicated to certain companies as I am, and I potentially could help position you within those companies. But um, for the most part, I think um, I, from what I hear from job seekers a lot is they they tend to put too much on any one recruiter. And uh, I think it's smart to to be networking with us mm -hmm. because uh, recruiters only get paid when they play somebody. Right. Um, so we have incentive to go out and and help as many people as we can, mm -hmm. but um, but it's but but just work with people that you that you have a good rapport with that you feel has your best interest at heart because not everybody always does mm -hmm. right? right and I think it's important also to mention that. Um, recruiters um, do not charge for recruiting, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they may have other services as I do, resume writing, profiles, coaching that they may charge a service for, but um, companies always pay recruiters fees. So if a recruiter is looking to charge you to place them somewhere, you, you need to walk the other way. Right. And, you know, and, and remember that, folks, is, you know, you're not paying them. The company is. So, you know, remember also that they're working for the company. You know, Mike just mentioned that they're going to help you. They're going to be friendly, but you're not the client, um, you know, and, and so don't expect them to <coughs> call you with every potential job opportunity. But if you've built that that relationship with them, if they see something that comes across that you might fit for, they, you know, they want to, you know, we've said it, they want to serve their company, their employer, so they're going to put your name forward, but you know, don't expect them to do that. Yeah, and it's it's really important too when if you reach out to recruiters, the first thing they're going to ask you is, hey, you know, thanks for reaching out. What are you looking for, mm -hmm. right? You you want to be able to have that elevator pitch, and the best thing to do is is a short two to three sentence, give them a job title and give them three target companies and the area. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to make you so much more attractive to that person than to say, hey, Mike, I'm looking for something in IT in Atlanta. I heard you're an IT recruiter, mm -hmm. and I'll take anything, right? Right. Yeah, that, because that, then their brain just went, 
<laughs> yep. Then my eyes roll in the back of my head and I know this guy is not quite there yet because if I put him in front of my client, they're not going to be very strong because they don't even know what they want yet. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's really critical when you're reaching out to a recruiter to to have that story. Uh, and it doesn't lock you into those companies or that job title. It just gives you the first impression of I kind of have my act together. I know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. You know, and you can have different elevator pitches depending on what you're going for. But, you know, make sure that you've got the, the right one for that person. You know, so say it's a recruiter that is specific to financial services industry. Well, don't be talking about, hey, you want to get into healthcare because they, they really aren't going to pay any attention to you from that point on. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Mike, we've only got a couple minutes left. So uh, how do people find you and connect with you online? Oh, great. Um, so the, my, I have a kind of a unique last name. So I usually just tell people to Google my name. It's uh, if you Google Mike Metz and my my last name is M-A-E-T-Z, mm -hmm. um, you'll find my LinkedIn profile. You'll find my uh, you'll find my uh, website and my um, all my contact information. I'm an open networker, so I connect to anybody and uh, I, I welcome uh, any job seekers out there um, that um, was looking for some feedback, I'm happy to chat or any anybody in leadership that need help with staffing. I'd uh, love to talk to you as well. Right. You know, and, and folks, I can't emphasize enough that in many times, in many cases, you do need help writing your resume, writing your LinkedIn profile. Um, you know, I've, I've not seen Mike's work in action. I've only seen his his own stuff. But so I can I can speak highly of that. But, you know, reach out to someone and have them help you with it. Yes, it's you're asking for help is is half the battle, right? Mm -hmm. It's 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 hard to hand over a some personal information like a resume and say, I'm really not good at doing this. And can you help me? That is very hard to do. Right. Um, there is some whether it's me or somebody else. Don't let your resume hold you back. Mm -hmm. That's please don't do that. Right. You know, because as we mentioned, your your resume is still the absolute most critical part of, you know, many job searches. In some cases, not always, but, you know, for the vast majority, it is. So that resume has to hit it out of the park because everything else comes from it. Absolutely correct. Well, Mike, you've got a minute. Any final words of wisdom for any for everybody? Uh, just know if you're if you're looking for a job, I will tell you, you will find it. It's it's always going to take longer than you than you want. Do not be afraid to ask for help. Try and focus on networking and you will find it. I, I promise you, you will. I love it. I love it. Well, again, Mike can be found at metzco.com. So that's M-A-E-T-Z-C-O.com. And it's Mike Metz. I am Deb Creer. I've been having a fabulous time talking with Mike Metz. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thank you so much, Deb. I appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.